0: Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic hurling Podcast with your host Mark Kennedy, joined again this week by Rory Walsh and well, I'm delighted to welcome uh, James Mulcair back to, to the show. Uh, how are things, James and Rory? Very good, good, Mark. Very good. very good. I suppose we'll preview uh, the Munster Senior Hurling Championship Final between Limerick and Clare. We'll also look at the Senior... Hurland Championship decider in Leinster between Kilkenny and Galway. Have a look at the All Ireland Minor Qualifier Series at the moment between Galway, Clare and Leash and also a bit of a preview on the Antrim Kerry game in Crowe Park. suppose, guys, we can start off with the Munster Senior Hurland Championship final this Sunday in FBD Simple Stadium in uh Rory as a Pearl carman, The hype machine probably has gone in overdrive a bit like Limerick this week uh, from all reports. Uh, I suppose you're regularly looking forward to this uh, fixture uh, from the last few weeks.
1: Yeah, to be honest, I I don't know if I look forward to a match in so long because uh, it's all set to be. Well, it seems to have built up so far in the Munster Championship to be the defining game. Um, Clare and Limerick uh, have performed well. Limerick uh, started off, as we know, against Cork at 100 miles an hour in their first game. um, Didn't hit those heights again in the other three games, but still, their experience in in finals and in winning finals of late, and Munster finals, in Ireland finals, like that has to stand to them. clear are unproven. Um, this present bunch anyway are unproven in finals. They just haven't been there to, to win them really. So, but they seem to have momentum with them. So it's kind of, they have a free shot at Limerick. They're still in the championship. Um, and as a fact, Clare haven't won Munster final since 1998. Like there's huge motivation for them. You'd nearly, you'd have to say that it would Mean more to Clare at this stage than Limerick, um, just that gap. Like Limerick are probably, you know, looking at the larger prize, whereas Clare are probably just looking at Sunday. Now saying that, like uh, Limerick <laughs> under no circumstances are going to want to lose a monster final to Clare. But I just, I suppose, the way Clare have kind of been starved of success since 2013, especially with all the promise that crop showed, and um, yeah, apart from one National League, uh, is all they picked up with this bunch of players since. So you are hoping that. Uh, you know, that, that Sunday we might get a bit of silverware, but as we said, it, it's going to be a massive mountain to climb overcoming this Limerick side. But yeah, the excitement is building um, from Claire teaching in school in Limerick, so the slaggings and the, yeah, it's, and I, I just actually, I, I, in a way, I'm, we're Monday bank holiday and Tuesday we're off as well with the bank holiday. And uh, in one way, if if we don't win, and after all my talk this week, I'll be kind of glad. But another way, if we do win, I'd nearly be arriving at school Monday just in case anyone shows up, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh well, Asher, uh, sure, look, it's a it's a it's a nice rivalry between Limerick and Clare, always done through the years. You know, so many close ties. So yeah, we'll see what Wednesday brings for you, Rory. Uh, James, we'll bring you in, I suppose, the neutral here. Seeing as I'm from Limerick, what are the main areas uh, that you're looking forward to seeing James in this Munster hurling final? What matchups is really appealing to you?
2: Well, I suppose um, like Clare at I the minute mean, is just there's just they've been building nicely throughout the year, uh, kind of slowly but steadily through the league, and then did a very good, obviously round robin uh, in Munster and. To draw the last day sets this up nicely because no team has lost any momentum. You know, they're both carrying that momentum through with them. And uh, I think, like, obviously the, the two things that stand out for me with Clare is that the they're have two forwards up there at the moment that are arguably the two best forwards. In the, with Gillan I suppose, in O'Donnell and Kelly. And it's just going to be fascinating to see um, what Limerick do in terms of marking both um, uh, O'Donnell and Kelly. Like, do they... Do they look at man-marking Kelly? Uh, like, do, do, does does Kylie think that, you know, he'll tar- he, he'll say to Burns to you know, go on Kelly and follow him? If he does do that, then you're kind of looking at Limerick might lose a bit then with Burns in terms of uh, what he offers you offensively. You know, he's he's been knocking over a lot of points and you know, uh, driving Limerick forward at times. So if you uh, detail him to take Kelly out of it, you do lose a bit of that. Um, and similarly with O'Donnell, like, do does Lohan, you know, does he start him on the left side with a view, you know, coming straight on Burns, and does he drift in and move around, and again, does, you know, do um, do they follow or or what do they do? Like there's um, there's a few matchups there that um, that look very interesting, and then the other one for me then is uh, with Galan, is obviously like the form he's in at the minute. But he's up again, like you're look, t- looking there at Clare and the back line, the full back line there, that Hayes is arguably up there with Finn in terms of if you were naming your all-star cornerbacks at the minute you'd be you'd be naming him. So that's set up as well, I think, for me to be a really fascinating battle as well. And, you know, the, I think Lynch is going to be obviously, I, th- I think Lynch is a monumental loss for Limerick. And, yeah, they they are coping. They, like they have a few injuries and they are coping with them. But it's it's set up set up perfectly for for Sunday. I you're just hoping that uh, Clare can turn up and that they and that they perform. If they do perform, then I think we're in for a cracker, and it it could be like go down to the wire.
0: Absolutely, probably we'll get you back in here. I suppose the Clare performance against Limerick this year have been. Very encouraging. I suppose I'd go back to that uh, Allianz Hurling League fixture in Cusick Park in Ennis, where Limerick kind of showed pretty much a full hand in that match. And Clare, I thought, to a man, was superb. Continue that in this Championship round game in Cusick Park in Ennis. And I suppose you definitely nullified middle third for good long stretches. I suppose, from your perspective, Rory, who are the key Clare players again that need to deliver on Sunday?
1: Yeah, and uh, James touched on a few potential matchups there, and I'd agree with him as well. I, Aaron Galan is going to be a huge, you know, he wasn't playing the last ten and so he's going to be a huge cross for Limerick, and it'll cause a headache for the Clare full back line. Um, I wonder, is Conor Cleary a bit more suited to him in terms of the aerial ability of Galan? Um, that could be a, a problem if Hayes marks him. Uh, you'd imagine, like, low ball, Hayes would have serious pace and would match Galan and try and get out in front of him, but on a, that high ball threat, as we saw against Tipperary, um that's maybe something that Conor Cleary might, you know, i if if, if Galan gets out in front of him and shoots one of his outrageous scores over his shoulder, you might say, fair enough. Like, but once he doesn't get in for goals, I think maybe Lohan might be thinking that way. And the the bigger threat for a goal threat would be Galan on the high ball. So I nearly see Cleary matching up on Galan and then Rory Hayes picking up maybe whoever else goes inside in the two men full forward line. And then at the other end as well, like, yeah, it's intriguing what will Kylie do with with Tony Kelly, because the last two times in 2020, um, they didn't have a man marker on Tony Kelly, and in the last round in Innister, in the round robin, they didn't have a man marker on Tony Kelly, and you'd have to say, like, the damage Kelly did in those two games, I just think that, I know Limerick are saying, this is the way we set up, and we're going to play our system, and but I just think with 20 Kelly, you have to try and limit the damage. And that has to be, I think, a man marker because he floats around into pockets of space. And just having him, like passing him off between defenders, I don't think it works. And I know he'll still, having a man marker on him, he will still cause trouble. But at least you know then that there is somebody always keeping an eye on him wherever he pops up. Maybe Barry Nash might be that guy because Barry Nash would have the pace to match him. Plus, when Limerick had possession, Nash will be then a threat for Kelly, as in Kelly will have to keep an eye on where Nash is, because as we know he can drive forward, link play, and take scores at the other end. So yeah, that's that's a very interesting one. What will will Limerick change their tactics this time around? I think they showed it to be honest, because Kelly has caused them so much damage in the last couple of games, and he has to be mentioned in their, you know, post-match conversations from Ennis and coming up to this game as well, um, because he like he is a major threat, and if the game is tight, like he is a match winner for Clare, without a doubt. Um, the one thing I would say, Mark, coming back to the Ennis game was, I thought Clare fronted up very well physically with Limerick that day, and, you know, a lot of teams have been kind of blown away by the physicality of Limerick and intensity of it, but I did think, uh, like, Clare had a good bit of improvement from that game, and that Cahill mm-hmm. Malone and Shane O'Donnell that day in particular, and Peter Duggan, had quiet games compared to their the other three games in Munster so far, um, like, they've been brilliant in the other three games, and I thought they kind of were a bit below themselves that day, so you're hoping for an improvement even if two of those guys like bring a bigger performance the next day it's going to cause a, a bigger threat at the other end for Limerick so that's where I kind of see Claire's improvements coming from because apart from Kelly from play and David Fitzgerald as well that day up in Ennis like the rest of the Claire forwards didn't really contribute like they should have and we saw against Waterford when Kelly wasn't playing like that there is massive scoring potential there so no that's as well because Limerick have a very settled back line that you know effectively shut them down in a set day as well but You'd have to imagine that Claire would be thinking like, OK, here is another massive area that we can get improvement in from the from the round-robin game. Sure. I think it's think quite tri- Yeah, James. Do you think Kylie might look at um, maybe
2: bringing uh, Willow Dunhu back to kind of keep tabs on Kelly? I mean, he's good for, you know, for uh, kind of breaking up play and stuff. And that might be an option that's, uh, that Kylie might look at as well.
1: Yeah, the only, I suppose, like Lohan when Caleb Lyons did that job last year for Waterford, like um Lohan put Kelly as an out and out corner forward. So, you know, you you wouldn't see Willa of playing corner back. Like so no. you can put that's an option with Kelly, you can just put him anywhere. So depending on who t- goes to mark him, like you know, Claire might try and exploit that as well by putting them in an uncomfortable position. But uh, so yeah, it is hard to know. Maybe Limerick will say, Well, despite that, we haven't been beaten by Claire doing this, so um, you know, we he won't was,
2: he, to really play we won't was, for anyone he was unbelievable um, the last day like I mean there's <laughs> you know they're standard I'm thinking of Joe Canning against Cork and was it all 9 but like there's there's a few performances that you would you know you pick out of players that are you know in peak form uh, at the top of their ability and that's one of the performances for the ages I thought the last day he was just it was just kind of mind-blowing really the, uh, the way he performed um, so like I I think I, I Limerick surely like they surely he's surely going to be the top of the agenda in terms of what um, you know um Kylie and Kenark have been discussed. I I can't see them I can't see them yeah, not not asking anyone to go back on him. Surely like yeah like you said it there, Rory like just if, if the game is tight, you would know, like he's a match winner there, so um, I I'd be surprised if, if 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 the lads don't have a plan for him.
0: I think it's intriguingly poised there for Limerick because, you know, historically the wing forwards will come back deep. I suppose Darrow Donovan and also Will Donahue doing an amount of work potentially for defensively to really protect a Hannon in a half-back line. I, it's been very zonal defensive structures there for Kinnerk particularly. I'm not sure if that could fundamentally change. Um, But again, like Tony Kelly that opening period in Cusack Park was unmarkable. He was just in a different stratosphere altogether. So... I think you have to give plaudits to Kelly in terms of his movement and the ability to shoot from long range. So I think that will be intriguing for Limerick. i said the other intriguing battle there will be the number 11 jersey, particularly. Who's going to fill that? Because definitely Kyle Hayes seems a little bit inhibited in that full forward line. Granted, he scores an early goal, but his influence was fairly minimal. Granted, Keen Lynch, as you said, James, on the outset of this podcast, is probably a monumental loss for Limerick. And if he's going to continue to be absent, Limerick may cut... It may cost Limerick down the road, but I suppose from a Limerick perspective, center forward-wise here, Rory, who are we thinking going to be lining up here for Limerick initially? Uh, I know there may be a little bit of rotation involved, but who are probably the contenders you're thinking might be uh, on John Conlon from the start?
1: Yeah, I think Cahill O'Neill is a a real contender, strong in the air, and he will kind of cause problems for Conlon because he can drop back deep and he can score from range as well. So he's the kind of guy that when he drops back into midfield, that Clare would have to be mindful of him. And, you know, John Cunnan likes to sit now. He's looking a bit like Hannon, very similar in their roles. Like, looks for protection from these midfielders and then bombs forward to join the attack at times as well. Um, So they're very kind of similar style centre-backs. Obviously, they were both previously, like Hannon played forwards before, as we know. They're both forwards who've come back into the backs. And you can kind of see that at times. They hold and sit, but at times to get forward, they do join the attack. So I think Cahill O'Neill then will cause problems because he will pop up along the line a bit like Keane Lynch would do compared to a more traditional eleven, you know. Um, so that's what I w- might say uh, would be the direct replacement for Keane Lynch, and then you're not really upsetting the rest of the team by moving numerous players about. You're just, it's, you know, it's a straight out, straight out change there. Um, so yeah, look, that, that's that's a factor, and often in these games as well, it's somebody that we, you know that we probably won't mention today that will. Uh, pop up and we'll all be talking about next week and maybe Conor O'Neill from Ruman Point of View could be that guy. Or for Claire, Shane Meehan, who I've um, been harping on about a good bit in the podcast, maybe Lohan will throw in from him in from the start as a bit of a kind of an unknown quantity, something that Limerick the guy Limerick wouldn't really have, have you know, maybe talked moments about or planned for. Or again, the the bench now like seems to be strengthening for both teams. As we heard Mark Rogers and Aidan McCarthy have been back training Mcclaire, are they going to make the bench? Who Knows, you know, it's uh, we'll find out when, when team selection comes out. And for Limerick, Peter Casey, um, has been back training as well. And like these guys could be huge factors coming in off the bench. So, um, if it's a really tight game, as we alluded to, like, the, uh, and what looks like a warm day in Tarlis, and um, hopefully, if that weather forecast comes true, um, yeah, the bench is going to be vital here as well. Yeah, it's going to be
2: where, a huge, yeah. Where do we see, um, Coyle? Do you think like you think Limerick will, will stick with Kyle Hayes there or do you see them bringing him back? Because like he he's a fella that seems to offer more really when he's you know, marauding forward. So you, you like make the argument for for bringing him back towards the half back line, but then like who do you take? <laughs> you're looking there at the minute, who who do you shift out of there? So I mean, um, like is it a case that do we see that do you think Kyle will 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 stay will leave him there in the full forward line or, or, or what, what do you reckon?
1: Yeah, um, it, it see it depends on how he's gone in training since. We've to remember he looked to be, you know, going quite well full forward against Cork. Now that could have been the Cork full back line a bit. at sea see that day anyway. Um, so but also it depends how he's gone in training since he. I know he got the goal in Ennis, but it was Conor Boylan had kind of done the the hard work for him and popped it off. To him he wasn't quite himself in Ennis that day, but he was coming back from injury. Has he come on in the meantime? Like many, we're talking three or four weeks since that match. And again, I suppose the option is, do they put him back into number seven? Um, and then you're kind of looking at the full backline, the way they played, and were quite strong, so w- would Dan lose out there? Hard to know, again, if Dan is flying and training in the meantime. Okay, these are good, probably good options for, for Kylie, because whoever's losing out is probably an all-star player than you have in the bench, like, so. Absolutely. I'd say those APV games have been
0: absolutely savage in the Limerick camp there, as you say, but um, like with Kyle Hayes particularly, you know, he's so versatile. He can play six midfield, 11, 14. He's played a few positions with Kildyma palace Henry as well, in his club career as well. So, But I think a few weeks more training under his belt, I think along with Flanagan as well. There was a few guys there with maybe game time issues and game minutes. So could probably see Flanagan slotting in full forward. You could maybe see Kyle Hayes maybe in a more deeper role, maybe midfield half forward coming running from deep, particularly if you have the likes of Gerald Hegarty here and Tom Morrissey, who may be on form as well. You can imagine that half forward line clicking. Good deep runs from, you know, from those guys could really create a few attacking opportunities for Kyle Hayes. Um so it'll be fascinating watch here. I suppose guys uh, get a few predictions from me in terms of Cusick Park. Uh no with a limerick man, Claire man here the corkman will have to probably
1: be the casting vote here but uh, I suppose Rory will come to you first anyway Um, like this is an incredibly hard game to predict as you said Claire kind of unknown uh, in the monster final against a, a team who have is it, won 10 out of their last 11 championship games of going for three in a row all ireland's like so like you, you're really this is like you know kind of going up against new zealand and they're pumping away like can can you take them down um so like the signs are like if Clare were ever to, you know, really go toe to toe with Limerick, um, this could be it. But as we said, we'll only find out on Sunday whether they can perform at this level. Um, I just see with, the only thing I, w- I would say is a positive, like with Lohan over this team, they seem to have a real ferocity and work rate. And you're just hoping that of all things that will happen, like Clare won't give up the ghost or won't lie down and they'll fight tooth and nail um, and just whether they have the ability then to get over the line, uh, really hard one to predict. Um, like, are we going to say like there was a draw in the league, there was a draw in the round robin? Is it going to be that close that you're going to end up with a draw in extra time again? It's quite possible. Um, I'm just hoping actually that look that they give a huge performance, and if it if they're a point or two the wrong side of it, and um, once they come through intact without any major injuries, like they'll still have momentum going into the Ireland series, and they know that if they meet Limerick again later in the year, that they can go, you know. That they're, that they're right up there at their level so yeah i'd do you know what i'll kind of go with uh clear by a point maybe just just getting over the line ball off the crossbar Edmund Taft style <laughs> <laughs> peter Douglas sticking it to the net god that'd be phoenix for the flame stuff if that happened no <laughs>
0: fairness rory uh james will get you in there uh probably is the neutral in here uh who, who are you fancying? Uh, going
2: up the steps in uh, uh, I just really feel good uh, atmosphere to Clare at the minute um, I don't think they'll have any fear of Limerick um, the only thing I'd be thinking is that maybe the last day in the drawn match that um, I think Clare are probably more economical than Limerick Limerick has some poor whites there in the, la- the last 10 or 15 minutes so I would think if looking at it from Kylie and Knark maybe they think Limerick might have a bit more improvement in them than Clare as Rory was saying there you're just hoping that Clare do turn up and put in, uh, put in a performance, and um, I just, you know, I, 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 I just think Limerick, they turn up in finals, um, you know, with their retreat going for three in a row in the other, ireland I think just would just be their fourth Munster in a row if they win. I think it'll be it'll be tight, but I'd be coming down on the on the side of of Limerick. I think maybe maybe the only thing that could be a wild card in this is. Um, you know, um, discipline. We I mean, Limerick obviously had a few red cards already and that could be something that would say, but I, I think I'd be leaning towards Limerick. Yeah. Be t- I'd be hoping it'd be tight though.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be tight as well. I think it'd be high scoring. Now, John Coyle and Declan Hannan have been a pains to stress that they're expecting a better Clare performance. They're saying all the right things. Seems to be a bit of a focus win in the Limerick camp and I would say the same for Claire as well. I think both things are going to bring it. Um, now, whoever loses this final, I mean, it may be the morale may get a little bit jolted a little bit going into an All Ireland quarter final. But I think, besides the point, um, it'll be fascinating to see the Limerick Adjustments here. And I think Limerick's keyword will be performance. If they can perform to a high level, they will focus on their performance here. I think they've kind of seen some of the matchups from Cusick Park, particularly. And I think homework may be done. But I, I still think Clare have a massive say in this game. And I think Peter Duggan as well, particularly inside. Um, I know he didn't have the best of days against Mike Casey in Cusick Park. But I think Perlis, just the fast surface, that's there. I think Duggan could be well suited here to maybe a goal or two. I'd just go Limerick by a point. But I would not be all surprised here if we're going in 17 minutes and it's level pegging here. I think it's... This ha- this rivalry seems to be kind of building momentum here as the weeks have gone on here since Kruisig Park. I think there's been an awful lot of column inches written. Uh, I think we'll have a few more, and I don't think it could be the last time we'll see these two teams maybe face each other in an All Ireland series. So I'm going to go Limerick by a point, but it would not be all surprised here if uh, you know if there's do,
1: do, do another sting about, in the tail here.
2: The only thing about predict or uh, you know predicting um, sort of a piece. Um, uh, matches uh, later in the year we thought probably the same with Waterford and Limerick That's <laughs> where that went um, right. but it, the, I think the championship we need um, we need a good performance from um, from Clare on Sunday um, I, I, like if Limerick were to go out and you know deliver a bit of a shell and you're just hoping that they don't Like, but if they do I, I, that's leaving us in a very Obviously, obviously, it's great for Limerick, but a worrying position for the rest of the championship then, because you're 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 thinking very hard to see anyone laying a glove on them, you know. So you you really are looking looking for Clare to front up here on Sunday, and even what Rory was saying there, not necessarily win the game, but um, but uh, you know to that they can that they can deliver the performance, and they, even if they lose it is, but it's that it's in on the back of delivering um, delivering a performance, you know.
0: I don't see that happening, though, Rory. To be fair. I mean torres has been a very happy hunting ground for Clare recently i mean you think back to the championship so far you know two very comprehensive wins
1: yeah, against Cork four row, yeah four wins in a row in the championship in uh torres now i'm sure limerick have a similar record there at the moment as well but like they do love torres at uh, this present Clare team do anyway and uh yeah so so yeah I, I don't think that the venue is going to have any negative factor for Clare. Um it's just going to be unbelievable atmosphere like sellout since couldn't believe like the the terrace tickets sold out in eleven minutes when they went online. Minutes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Like it's 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 just harking back to like,
2: like we haven't seen this probably you know this sort of uh, level of excitement and it just you know looks like it's going to be a nice day on Sunday as well and. It, it reminded me of the battles in the 90s, honestly, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, it? It really is like a, a throwback, throwback field to it, which is
1: uh, brilliant. I brilliant. A, a club mate of mine, Tom Sheehan on Twitter, had up after the Ulster football final. This Ulster football final has been the greatest advert for Hurling. So <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's hope that the Munster Hurling final will be an even greater advert for Hurling uh, next Sunday. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: No, it'll be a great game. My best team win and, uh, yeah, we'll see what Sunday brings. Uh, moving swiftly along, Saturday night, Crow Park. We've the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship uh, final. I'm actually going to be doing Kilkenny for the weekend. But uh, Kilkenny entertaining uh, Galway in probably their second home really in Crow Park, to be perfectly fair. But what are you thinking about this one? I know an awful lot has been made of the first game between these two in Pierce Stadium, Salt Hill. The infamous handshake at the end, but... I'm getting the sense here in Galway that they're expecting a much more improved performance of Kilkenny in the Leinster final after the performance that they gave against Wexford. I suppose, Rory, what are the matchups that you're looking forward to here in this match? Yeah,
1: I suppose, going back to the Wexford game, Kilkenny were really disappointed that day. And we spoke about how, last week, how they kind of broke down tactics-wise to kind of a route one long ball, which is something that we'd associated with Kilkenny back when they had like six forwards that could win their own ball, and Cody's line mm-hmm. apparently was no ball into the forward line is a bad ball but um you know they they have tried to what we saw through the league and even through aspects of last year's championship as well how Kenny have tried to change their style to a more fluid you know working the ball through the lines and mixing it up again but they kind of went back to under pressure I thought they went back to kind of a default position there against uh against Wexford and uh yeah it's just I suppose from a from a Galway point of view, they just looked that bit more settled in the Leinster Championship this year. Um, like, they should have beaten Wexford down. Like, so really, you could say they could easily have won all four games, although they could have lost the game against Kilkenny as easily, even though they gave away a very soft goal, Galway, that day, but um, could have lost it as easily as winning it by a point. But, um, yeah, so I, I just think that Galway have been progressing well. Uh, like, the full forward line of Whelan-Concannon, like, there's major scoring in there. Uh, Connor Cooney has stepped it up this year a bit after a couple of quiet seasons with them. Um, you know, they just seem to have a real scoring threat up front. And that's one thing I would question about Kilkenny at the other side. Apart from Owen Cody and, you know, who has a bit level of consistency, there's a real level of inconsistency with a lot of the Kilkenny forwards. Like one day Billy Ryan plays well, another day it's it's Keown. And they just uh, they don't seem to get two or three good games in a row off some of these guys. And there's a bit of a, you know, uh, moving the deck chairs around. Every time uh, Cody picks a forward line, there's like three or four of the same guys who were out the last year back in. Another, like Walter Walsh, I suppose, it, it has improved again this year as well. He's having a good season. Real threat up front. I thought went missing for a good bit against Wexford, though, when, you know, you're, one of the reasons I suppose Kilkenny were lumping high ball forward was that the whole Walter would win it. But um, that wasn't really working out for them either that day. So you just wonder, are Kilkenny kind of going to go back to what they had been doing of late, working the ball through? And worrying more about quality of all inside because again you're pumping highball down to Grode McInerney and Dahi Burke and they're gonna you know it'll be the same as it was in Dolan Park a week or two ago so from that point of view like I, I'd be the danger here I, I would say is that Galway don't perform they have a tendency to you know go into games where there's expectations of them and just give a drab performance or a flat performance and um, I hope Henry Shefflin has kind of you know, spoken to them about that. It's something he would have observed from the other side over the years. Um, so, from that point of view, you're, you're, you're kind of, there's a level of, you know, you can't really be sure, but if God had performance they have, they seem to have been improving, I would, yeah, I I would think God will win this match. Yeah, look, James, bring they bringing you back.
2: They looked a more settled unit to me, like the, backline's playing quite well and I think the forward line looks a bit more potent than to Kenny at the minute as well and like Cody's he seems to be like he can't he's chopping and changing quite a bit and you know the, which isn't a good sign for them and like you know obviously on Cody looks uh, probably their best forward at the minute but it's all well and good but if, you're, if they're just lamping ball over his head he's not going to be in the game you know and that, that like we said it there Rory is that um you know, when the pressure did come on them against Wexford, they did revert to type. And that's not just in the Wexford game either. That happened in the league game against Cork where they started very well and in the semi-final and they were working the ball, you know, through the lines. And when a bit of pressure came on them in the second half, they did the exact same thing. They reverted to the type and they were just lamping high balls down and um, the the Cork half-back line came back into the game. in the same, same with Wexford the, the other day. Like, we're expecting that, you know, a Cody team are going to show up, and they're going to be hurting after the last day. They're probably going to be hurting after what happened in in Salt in Salt Hill as well. But you know, you would expect it of Kilkenny to turn up all guns blazing against Wexford as well because it was all on the line. You know, like, like they only really got through because the results went their way. Uh, you know, in in the Galway Dublin match, but they weren't to know that, and and they were, you know, they were, like I thought the second half they were they were they were very very poor against Wexford. I think as well. Um, you know that Hugh Lawler there in the backline is a big loss for them. He's out with a broken hand. So mm-hmm. I mean, um, I don't know who's coming back, who's coming in there. Maybe Connor Delaney. Um, I'm looking like say, you know, during the league, Blanchfield is very good there in the half back line. Hasn't really, you know, hasn't really come into his own at all in in the championship. And it's, and you're looking then even like Pardee Walsh, you know. Um, when the game was on the line there the, against Wexford, he came on for three minutes, you know, sure, like, and he wasn't injured either. I heard, so you're wondering that, like, what what was, was he carrying enough, off? But I heard um, Tommy Walsh talking after that, saying that, um, you know, um, he'd been talking to him in the afternoon and uh, there was no injury like you know. Uh, so I I think Cody seemed, they seemed a little bit unsettled to me. Uh, God, looked a more settled team and they're, they're kind of building nicely and a little bit under the radar, Um if you were to, you know, if you were if you were to um, ask me for my prediction on it, I would think uh, Galway for me.
0: Yeah, I think the excitement here in Galway. It's kind of mixed. I think they're eagerly looking forward to seeing what Limerick and Clare will do on Sunday. The, the Saturday game, I think, is a real barometer for Galway. If they are genuine, all Ireland contenders here, they really have to produce a performance here uh, in Crow Park because you rewind the tape back, you know, on a Leinster hurling fund not too long ago where they kind of dominated for at least 60 minutes, should have had a game out of sight, and then two quick goals for Kilkenny, fundamentally change the game, and they lost. And uh, I think an awful lot of Galway folk here are just really wanting to see a very consistent performance in 70 minutes. They saw kind of flashes over, particularly against Kilkenny at home, and also the home performance against Dublin, which I was at. Second half-wise, third quarter, they were very impressive. I suppose the likes of the Tom Monaghan's of this world really have to step up. Cahill Manion as well. I think Carl has the ability to win games on his own. He's a mercurial hurler. He's very highly regarded up in this side of the country in Galway. Uh, I think really it's going to be guys like that really going to have to drive this uh, for uh, Galway. Particularly, I think likes a butler inside for Kilkenny has been sensational at the cornerback. They won't be giving too much away for Kilkenny full back line. So I think it's really going to be up to the half forward line, maybe midfield, maybe Burke as well. Porrick Mannion as well really kind of lead by example here. But um, the only concern, and I think the concern I would have from Galway here is distribution puck-out strategy here, uh, particularly with Aina Murphy. Some folk here being a little bit critical in terms of distribution-wise, being a little bit one-dimensional, particularly on likes of Connor Cooney and Joseph Cooney particularly. A bit of a Kilkenny symptom a little bit. Gone very direct. That maybe a little bit of variation in play to kind of get Fintan Burke really kind of running from deep because he does that for St. Thomas' consistently in championship season and season out. So I think it's very intriguingly poised just how both teams probably will tactically show on the day. I suppose we haven't even mentioned about T J Reid here, guys. T J Reid and Crow Park pretty synonymous, with immaculate performances, and I suppose could have a huge bearing on the game as well, uh, Roy.
1: Yeah, I suppose like there's been kind of a lot of talk is T J Reid in decline, and I suppose uh, there's been a mixed bag from him this year. But I suppose uh, the likes of T J Reid, they're synonymous with their performance on the big day. And if TJ is a match winner in the Leinster final Saturday, there'll be nobody talking on Monday about TJ, you know, coming into, into decline because uh that's that's when he has delivered in the past. And but Kilkenny are gonna need him. They're gonna need Porrik Walsh, uh, presuming he'll be starting after the Wexford defeat that, um, you know, he he'd be a guy that you'd be handing the starting jersey back to immediately after that performance from, from the Kilkenny Foreland. And also um uh, as we mentioned there, Owen Cody, these guys are going to have to step up big time for them. Walter Walsh, because as we said, Galway are a settled team. They are uh, scoring threats all over. Um, and again, like the Butler, possibly Con Cannon matchup would be one, you know, uh, whoever gets the better of that one will have a huge burn in the game as well inside. So, it, it, look, it, and as we we mentioned before the podcast started, it's just uh, the starting time of this game is very unfair for Galway supporters, I think. You know, a two-hour journey uh, at home at nine o'clock on a Saturday evening, coming out of Dublin. Um, obviously, no one can get a hotel room there, so you know. Uh, I, I, just, I think
2: I think that's yeah, I I'd agree completely. I think it's ridiculous. Even looking there at the <clears throat> at the game before at the in the Joe McDonough, the Kerry hurlers actually couldn't get a hotel, so they're um, they're forced to drive up and, and drive back down. So seven o'clock train when you can't get accommodation, it's just like if you want to bring like you know, it's a marquee game, you know, obviously the, the 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 Munster final is probably carrying a bit more you know, has um, about us, but it, you know, you want to bring kids up and you want to bring kids into the game but coming from Galway there, or even coming from Kilkenny as well, it's I just, I just think that's ludicrous um, ludicrous time for the Leinster final, yeah I agree completely
0: Yeah, probably tied in with TV schedules but, you know, you'd say something if there was accommodation there for supporters that's but it,
2: that's it like it's like, the, like dublin is um it's you, you can't get a hotel in dublin at the minute and if if you do want to get a hotel you're, you're paying through the nose for um you know
0: for, for
1: not very good quality so um that's uh, very unfair yeah and still for an organization that's you know meant to be built on the family and bringing family to games like you
2: like
1: you you realistically if you're if you're going up there with kids think you're coming
2: from galway there you it's not doable, you know. You 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 you're going in there seven o'clock. You're you're not going to be getting back to all hours, so um, mm-hmm. yeah, to you know, and and then like <clears throat> the same thing for for we will say uh, Kerry Harding supporters that are traveling up, y- you know, you're you're going up for the Joe McDonough and You might stay on for the Leinster final, but a seven o'clock throne is is probably not going to be not going to be doable to be traveling all the way back down to you know North Kerry or wherever. Like, uh, I just think, yeah, it's just not 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 a great look. I, I, I'm close, but you're, you're 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 talking about like you know be half full as well. So um you know that could people put people off going. So you're mm-hmm. not maximising the the crowd that you get. So it's just not a
1: good look all round for me. But every cloud is a silver lining. It's going to be great for us Saturday evening at seven o'clock to sit down and watch the Manchester final oh, from right. a selfish point of view. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Like yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's good for the good for the armchair fan, I suppose. Like yeah, it's not it's not travelling, but um, yeah, it's um disappointing
0: yeah indeed i suppose guys get your predictions i don't think you're kind of hinting galway wins here uh are you guys yeah galway. Yeah, yeah, galway as
1: I well think galway, yeah yeah i think a huge <laughs> malfunction from galway or a massive performance from beginning which they're capable of doing when you least expect it as our famous line here is write them off at your parallel but i think galway could have a consistent performance based on what we've seen that they're kind of progressing and um, if he produce what they did now, Wexford were outstanding as well, not taking nothing away from Wexford, but that performance won't be Galway in Leinster final. So they'll have no, to.
2: I, 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 I'd agree, and it's still, for me, it's that, um, it's that when they come under pressure, their, their new game plan that they're trying to implement goes out the window and they become mm-hmm. very one dimensional, and Galway aren't the team um, to be doing that against. So I, 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 I would agree with Rory on that. I think it would take. Um, Galway malfunctioning for um, Kilkenny to win on 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 the weekend, but um, yeah, you you never know Cody. I mean, this will be there like if which is a mad stat as well. Or, you know, if I know Le- now Leinster, you know that times wasn't the most competitive. But um, you know, Cody's going for his 18th Leinster title, which is um, that's <laughs> you know you talk about uh, Dublin's dominance in the football like but th- that's unbelievable. You know whether or not that's like you know there, obviously there were some years that it wasn't competitive at all, but
1: um, that's an unbelievable stat really. And when you think in clear, like, we haven't won a monster for 24 years, like, it just puts it in perspective, like, how many any are winning in terms of their problems. It's just, um, I, I like, and, like, they're
2: going for just their third in a row, is that if they, if they win on, uh, they win they on some, they won the last two, haven't
0: they? They have. Yeah. They've been ultra-consistent, even though, you know, we've mm-hmm. said that teams, this current team may not be hitting the heights of previous ones in the late noughties and, you know, yeah, 2010s. They but don't they're still partner.
2: there. Yeah, they did, yeah, but it, but it's Cody, isn't it? I think I think he's he's probably driving them on to you know to to probably you know eke out performances in them um, you know and they're probably you know they weren't good last day, but they are probably he's probably getting more out of them than what they have on paper. Um, so I, the Cody's Cody team, you never know, um, but I, I would be surprised if Galway um, and
1: when like when Kilkenny are wounded and like to produce these ferocious performances like we saw against in 2019 against Limerick of savage intensity and that's the minimum they're going to have to bring to beat Galway I think at the weekend but Shefflin, from the other point of view then it's kind of he knows exactly what Kilkenny are going to bring he's been there he's been on those teams so it is a, you know it's a huge asset to Galway to have him there facing against Kilkenny and um, just his knowledge of, of what Cody will you know will be driving at Kilkenny is a factor as well
2: well, That's an interesting side point as well. The um,
1: the uh, Cody, um,
2: Shefflin um, you know, uh, handshake, we'll say, um, from the last day as well. You know, it would be um, interest Like, I, I thought it was kind of funny the last day there. Um, Anthony Nash uh, went there uh, in his interview after with Cody, and Cody shut him down very quickly, <laughs> you know. So, um, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, it'll be interesting here. I think the Galway Cup, I've said in previous podcast episodes here. Uh, Galway camp has been pretty tight-knit. There hasn't been much in terms of leaks from the camp, in terms of who's starting, stuff like that. I'd probably give the hesitant bet to Galway, but I think Galway's composure is going to be tested here, particularly down the stretch. I don't see Kilkenny um, going away here. Uh, I think for Galway here, it'll be very interesting. I'll be very interested to see how how they're composed, because you know Kilkenny are going to have their purple patch probably in the second half, third quarter, how they're going to react to that. Because in previous years... When that has happened, they've really panicked. So I think from a Galway perspective, with Shefflin on the line, it'd be pretty interesting. I'll just give it a hesitant bet to go, but would not be at all surprised if Kenny won another Bob of Keek. Uh, I suppose the prelude to that, let's Senior hurling Championship final is the Joe McDonough Cup final. And I know we've mentioned it here, Rory, last week, in terms of the excitement of the round robin, how Kerry went to Antrim, got a great win, and then Carlo going to Tullamore and doing an absolute job in Offaly, and awfully. This weekend we have Antrim and Kerry playing again, um, and we talked at length last week in terms of Kerry's situation. But any optimism here for the Kingdom, Rory, to beat uh, Antrim team, who probably bringing back the likes of Gunning and a few others back into the starting lineup? Do you see Kerry kind of finally getting over the John McDonough Cup final kind of mountain here?
1: First of all, a tremendous achievement for Kerry to get there. Um, when they lost to Down early in the John McDonough round robin, a home game against Down, you'd have thought, you know, they're going to be, uh, you know, in trouble here. But they've been phenomenal, like, and uh, that win, the last day up in Antrim, albeit like Antrim may have uh, one or two guys they were looking after or whatever. But uh, for for them Kerry to to go up there having to win up up in Antrim, as we saw um, Clare struggle there in the league last year, came away with a defeat and they shoved it up to every team they played up there in. in up uh, in home games above in Antrim and Corrigan Park, and uh, just to uh, get that win and kind of upset everything, because everybody, nobody talked about Kerry to start this coming out of John McDonnell a lot of talk, was about Athlone, the momentum that that from coming up from Christy Ring and you know being in Division One in the league as well. But uh, fair play to Kerry, and for Kerry as well, like Boyle has really stepped up this year as well, taking a bit of the pressure off Shane Conway. He's a real threat up front, and just having that dual threat, like huge scoring power from the two of them has a, you know, for a lot of uh, d- defences in the Joe McDonough, um, they have they have caused havoc. Um, saying that, I just think Antrim are, are maybe that bit further down the line than Kerry, like the likes of Keelan Malloy and Clark, um, you know, McManus, Connor McCann. They just have like, uh, I think they just have that extra two or three, you know, um, extra two or three kind of uh, players that have been around the block that have been in these huge games. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give the nod to Antrim. But um, look, the, with the way Kerry have been going, they're right at this level. Um, you, just, you don't know, but just uh, Antrim have probably been in, in Crow Park in these bigger games that bit more often as well. When they did meet in the Joe McDonough final a couple of years ago, Antrim had that small bit to spare in them as well. I know Kerry came back at them late in the game, but I just thought Antrim were, were that bit better than them at the time and uh, so far they seem to have been maybe that bit ahead of them but I you know in a final anything can happen as James had earlier, or a red card or something like that could turn this game in its head so Kerry are not without um, you know not without a good shout in this and in a way they're kind of going in there with a free shot Antrim are the ones that are have been talked about since the start a lot of expectation on them and Kerry are coming up there under the radar um you know, and can throw everything at Antrim and see where it takes them. They're coming in. They're
2: coming in with uh, plenty of momentum, arise, um And you, you, I'd, you'd like to see, I, I'd like to see um, Kerry winning, but um, I just think, like Antrim, uh, you know, Antrim last week they knew they were already through, and I, I think really they had their eyes firmly fixed on on this weekend. So I don't think I too much into what happened last weekend, and I, I just think for me Antrim have more quality um, than Kerry I I I'd be i I'd be side I'd i I'd, 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 I'd love to see Kerry winning Of but um I, I, I think I think Antrim would be too strong.
0: I'm kinda of going with you there in terms of the form guides. You know Antrim apart from the final round were the dominant side. They were putting up huge scores seven twenty nine against Meath um they were two twenty two against Carlow. six twenty two against Down so, I mean, they've been scoring very heavy. And as you say, likes so of McNaughton, McManus, I thought Keane Malloy has been an absolute superb form this year for Antrim. And even in the league, I know they may have gotten relegated. But I think, to be fair to Antrim, they did show an awful lot of good points on that performance. I'm thinking in terms of the Waterford performance in Corrigan Park, where they should have really gotten something out of that game. So, they've kind of shown the calibre that they have there. But, um, yeah, I would love to see Kerry win they've been knocking on the door here for many a year and i think um what a part of me would like to see them win just to see how farcical the whole fixture scheduling will turn out because if Kerry were to win they would have to play a playoff game against Tipperary to then yeah. kind of get into the Munster Senior Hurling Championship where Antrim would be straight through to uh, the Leinster Hurling Championship I, I, so
2: i i just i think that's just uh, I. Yeah, I, I, that kind of annoys me a little bit. To be honest with you, you know, um, it, it's ludicrous. Um, the, I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm kind of biting my tongue in that one now, but um, th- th- that infuriates me really. And it's, I, I you know, I, I suppose it is what it is. What can you do? But um, I actually think it was, I think it was actually Cork. Was it that one of the um, the major uh, blockers and you know, and that protection, uh, protection there in Munster, but. Yeah, I mean, you you can make the argument that, all right, like Munster is obviously a lot more competitive than Leinster, but if you want to bring these teams on, you know, the, like uh, I don't see how I don't see how um you know if Kerry win, if Kerry were to win, going straight into the Munster championship, I, I can't see how that's a a disadvantage to them.
1: Uh, you know, to bring them on leaps and bounds playing at that level. But, and it's something you said last week as well, James, that it, were were it to happen, let's say that they were. The word to, to, to w- winning a central, and I said they were, were parachuting into Munster Championship. That I don't think any of the other five counties would have a problem with playing all the Kerry games in Kerry. Just, do you know what I mean? No, you know, no, no. I wouldn't think you're, so. you yeah. promoting it as well, maybe in Clare in an area that hurling is beginning to grow with Croaks, and in Tralee, yeah. Tralee, Parnells. Bring the big teams down there,
2: and if you, you know, if, yeah, if you if you want to, if you want, if they're serious about promoting the game, then um, uh, and like. Particularly in a county like like it's particularly a county like Kerry where um you know they are fighting um the losing battle with uh, with the foot with their football counterparts and um I i just think it'd be huge for them like yeah to, you know you said yourself there, like bringing down you know you could have i um, actually like that's the other thing as well is if if Kerry you know if if Kerry could be looking at playing Cork in a in a in a qualifier if they you know if they win on Saturday as well so and that would be and that would be down in Chile, you know.
0: Yeah, pretty novel. And I think for Kerry as well, it's a, it's an important game. Uh, I think just on the back of the news that there may be potentially professional soccer in Kerry in the not-too-distant future. So I think that's another kind of, you know, real kind of from the FAA perspective, they're looking to get down to the South Yeah, And again, that could really attract some hurling stars to soccer as well, which would be unfortunate. I'm hoping yeah. Kerry win, but I think they're going to need a few goals here. I think three or four goals to beat Antrim. I, I think just on the form... I think the scoring power here, even though the likes of Conway is there and Kerry, I think they just will be falling a little bit short of the kingdom. I think Antrim will win and Leash will be heading into Joe McDonald next season.
2: They do have, um, like, there are, like, the strongholds in Kerry there and North Kerry, they, like, they are, like, fanatical about their hurling, you know. you would um, I, I, like, I can remember... Um, I was passing through like Sabby so Dorney and stuff and there was um you know, they weren't even you know, the football final was on or whatever few years, like, few years back now and Kerry were in it and they weren't even watching that like so they are they are they are fanatical about their hurting. So um, it
1: it'd be it's like
2: it'd be great. Great for them if they um if they could win and um, and build on that.
1: And another factor of late is that Harlan is growing in Tralee, um, where there are big populations, in Clarene, in yeah. Croaks and St. Pat's like the, um, you know, so that just having Kerry in a Munster Championship will further bring it along. Um maybe it's, you know, they've reached a standard now where they're probably like ranked, even if you're being unkind to them, saying 11th or 12th is where they're at, like, so they're nearly 11th or 12th and Surely, like, they're worth the goal in the Monster Championship.
2: I can't see any downside to it, really, you know. No. And, like, you're, you know, you have a nice even bunch then for, you know, you have the six teams then, you know, which um, numbers-wise make, makes it...
1: Which um, is Leinster then as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, it does, like, yeah. So, I mean, um, uh, I'd be all for it, but uh, unfortunately that's not the case at, at the minute.
0: No, I think it's an intriguing match-up and, you know, Best luck to both teams. Uh, before we leave here, guys, the All-Ireland minor series, the qualification series has kicked off in the last few weekends. Galway are already through. Uh, looking forward to an All-Ireland semi-final. And now we're faced with Leash and Clare in a winner-take-all battle in Cusick Park, Ennis. Rory, I suppose from your perspective, what are the th- thoughts of people in Clare about that fixture? Given Leash's prominence in the minor hurling Championship
1: this year, uh, they have shown very well. Yeah, the their leash by no means going to be a pushover, even let's say they performed a lot better against Galway and cleared it. Um I suppose like there was massive I suppose disappointment in Clare with the performance considering the Munster final and the standard of Harlan Clare had produced it both against uh, actually in their three games, Waterford, Cork, and then um in the final against Tipperary, the that they expected, you know, a, a better performance against Galway. But as I've pointed out before, one thing I've learned with um, young ones at this age is it's hard to get consistency. Um, you know, it, at that age, consistency isn't quite there yet. You you don't really know what you're going to get from players game to game. And um, I, I suppose one of the major factors with Claire was their half-forward line were so dominant in Munster. Like, uh, just looking here, Oregon, O'Neill, and Collins, they scored eight points from play against Cork, 11 points from play against Tip, and they only got three points as a, a total against Galway from play. So, like, that was one of the major reasons, I suppose, why they didn't perform as well. They've been kind of the engine of the team. Um, as we saw, O'Neill against Tipperary, five points from play himself, as centre forward, like, was, and also his work rate driving back through the pitch and winning possession and linking play. So, that was, um, you know, that was probably an area that if if those three lads can, you know, get back to the level they were in in Munster, um, clear being with a great shout. Um, for Leash, then, Jer Quinlan scored one five from play against Galway full forward. So um, I know Claire's probably one of their top players, Tracy Finn and Tracy from Aroga is full back and captain uh, as well at the side. Um, so, you know, he'll be directly marking him. So he'd be clear, be hopeful that he can, you know, limit the damage there because, um, as we saw against Offaly, like Leash for all their kind of you know heart and work rate, and they were still reliant on Quinlan and and um, you know one or two other guys for the scoring, and that's fine in a team where the other players are doing the work and you know winning the ball you can work really well. Just you don't you don't need six scores if two of them are doing all the damage. But the danger is today one of them is held, um, and yeah, I, I think as well like as we know even at underage level, Ennis is a tough place to come. Um Claire just kind of probably have done it played it they played both their Munster games there actually I think they played Kerry and Sixmer Bridge but they played Waterford and Ennis so they're kind of familiar with it and um, and it is last chance for saloon for them so I just I see it like with the way Leisha played this year there's nothing going to be easy nobody has um, nobody has has steamrolled them in any game they beat Wexford they beat Kilkenny they ran awfully very close in both games to play them in and um ran Galway to three points last week, a Galway team, much talked about team with um Aaron Island um, doing massive damage up front for Galway. Just uh, he scored five points from play um the last day and six points from play against Claire, like so eleven points from play in two games. Like he is the, the next big talent coming through, Evans brother. So uh, look, um the fact Leash could go toe to toe with Galway is gonna give them great hearts, and they'll think that they can come down to Ennis and get a result. I just think that um Clare um will I'd be hopeful anyway they'll rebound back from back to the Munster championship form they had showed and just getting to hilarious me finally be a big boost for them just getting up you know playing against the uh, lesser teams getting another few weeks training because it is all about development at this age and the more games you play against quality teams the better it's going to be in the long run exactly um james
0: bring you in there as well um just just, oh, uh, just on island
1: actually like the. the, the the
2: people in Galway are rating him um, um, much, you know, they're rating him higher than the other likes, and so um, there, there's really high prospects um, on him. But I think Rory's point on that was a bad beating that's uh, that Clare took against Galway. And you know, at underage, you, you 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 are prone to being a bit inconsistent. But I do think the venue is going to make a big difference. I think clear Clare are difficult to beat down there and um it's good as all these have been uh this year uh, i think that would swing it for me i i'm going to lean on the side of of claire tomorrow i think
0: yeah i think i'll go with you there guys i think that there's better spread of scores with claire i think it's a clean slate for claire i think just given how that monster minor her final went i think there was definitely a hangover there was definitely a disappointment and the fact that god brought this game to st mary's ga grounds in as well. An awful lot of the starting lineup for Galway really played their games in at and right. Really so familiarity there, getting them on the front foot. As you said, Aaron Island was absolutely superb. If we go to Galway, I think defensively they still have one or two issues. I think Jur Quinlan definitely exposed an awful lot of weakness there, particularly in that full back line. So much so that the centre half back for Galway did have to come in and steady the ship down. And I think the last five minutes it was incessant pressure off leash. Um, and another day could have gotten a, a goal right at the end. So I think from that perspective, Claire have been duly warned, but I think Claire, they know what's at stake here. Get into an All Ireland semi final. And I think they will do it. I think the likes of and Stretch, O'Neill, Collins, Scanlon, you know, there's Oregon as well. I think there's a good spread of scores there. And it'd be a shame, I think, Rory, from a Claire perspective, to end the season if they could, you know, if they do. Lose at home, but I don't see that happening. I think leash are very over dependent on Quinlan and Deegan. They will work very hard in the middle third, but I think yeah. Clare should have too much.
2: The other, the other uh, factor as well is that there's a real like feel good factor around Clare in general at the minute with what's going on at senior level, and that can drive you know uh, drive the younger teams on as well. So I think like I I think that will come into play as well, where they, they're just like just drive on a bit momentum wise. You know the, everything's going on this weekend and. Um, Seen it before. Though, with, um, we saw that last year with Cork with the with the minors and the and the 20s with seniors forgetting that seemed to drive them on a bit. So oh, I, oh, yeah, I, I I can't see anything but a clear win to be honest. Yeah,
0: I imagine yeah. Rory there'll be a big crowd at Cusack Park to support the the young lads of Clare here. It's like season finding fixture for them, given the early promise of a monster minor hurling championship. I think uh, they're due a big crowd at Cusack Park on Saturday as well.
1: Yeah, and we uh, another thing we mentioned before the podcast is I think the GA have missed a trick here because Claire playing Meath at home in the football qualifiers. And I don't I can't for life me figure out why this game these games aren't doubled up back to back. Just for people that don't know, Claire and Leash is on at one o'clock and our our favorite T V station, TJ Cahar, are streaming it on, on the on the web. So um that's available for anyone who 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 likes to tune into it. Um but also like the Claire meath game isn't on until five I think it's six o'clock in the evening yeah six o'clock in the evening so if you went into clear game you've, you've a gap of four and a half hours like so They obviously want people to i don't know to leave and pay again to go back in i don't know what the story is why it's why it's um broken up like that because Bad. um madness madness, madness. Yeah, just, it is madness.
2: Like, like what you you, you want to maximize your crowd so i mean um you know, you know, any chance that um, you know anyone that goes in for the hurling, they might stay on for the football, and vice versa, anyone coming in for the football might might slip in early mm-hmm. for the hurling. I, I just, I, I, <laughs> I, I,
1: I can't see the logic on it. And there's no danger of the hurling going to extra time because if it's a draw, um, leash will go through and score different. So they will. Mm-hmm. Like uh, this is a huge like Leash are probably thinking this is our you know biggest chance of getting to get to an Ireland semi-final. Yeah. Um, like this w- won't come around. You know, for, for Leash very often I um. The manager, Qualter, who's over them, I've come across him, you know, a good few times. He's doing tremendous work, at least underage. And, you know, I'm just delighted that these guys, sometimes with counties that are starved with success, are kind of getting, you know, a year where they're rewarded for all their hard work. Um, Because, like, uh, we we can play them under 14 and uh, play them again this year, and just kind of the development even from under 14. And if you remember, there's two years of COVID in there as well. So, like, the the work these guys have put in with these underage squads, like, um, often kind of a you know, a thankless job in, in many situations if, especially in, in, if you're in a county with with a team that kind of you know annually are one of the first teams out but still putting in as much work so i'm just kind of you know delighted for these guys that they, uh, they're kind of you know getting their day in the sun as such and if they get to an is to be final like these guys you know they're going to be talked about as heroes right, absolutely what, would you, actually, what would you actually well? do if you,
2: if you um if if you were actually like planning to go to both games like you're not going to hang around for the few hours like so you're going to leave right? and then and then the, you know you're, you're, i presume your that's ticket's true. not going to is not going to be validated to let you back in so you have to buy, a, buy another ticket
1: it's an interesting one like i wonder what is the scenario there <laughs> or, or or maybe, wrong, yeah. let's say the likes of Claire fm who are probably trying to do a commentary today like just leave all their equipment there leave the stadium come back a few hours later um yeah, it's it's all still it's, i mean it's realistically nobody's going to hang around yeah. for
2: nobody's going to hang around for, you know, three hours or whatever in the stadium. For, I mean, you're going to, you're going to leave, you're
1: going to, you know, get, get food or whatever in you. And, um, I, I just, yeah, it's it mad. Yeah. I, I, and just I, the cost involved, is then well, if you were like one of the most ardent to clear supporters and saying, I'm going to support, you know, both teams and then the Munster final the next day, you're looking at the cost of 10 euro for the minor, 25 for clearing meat, which I think is extortionate for a qualifier okay. game. And then um, 40 euro for the Munster final then. So, like, you know, just <laughs> yeah. the expense involved, like, uh. You're kinda of hitting the supporter again, the the, the loyal supporter. But uh look okay, again, I suppose uh from a clear point of view, just kinda of happy we're in all these games and uh you know, especially as things are becoming coming to the business and
2: you, you can go. think about it from the least 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 uh people coming down there as well, you know, there's a lot of football um up there as well, and they might want to stay on. Uh, but you know, you're you talking there. Of course um, you was.
1: It, even if you weren't in, Joe, even if you weren't in just the fact that there's an all Ireland championship. Knockout football game on you. You'd stay and two days. Yeah, team. yeah, yeah. You might, but like
2: sort of like six o'clock. Then makes it awkward you like if you're traveling yeah. back um back up to Leash, you know. So, I
1: don't yeah. know. Yeah, you'd wonder what logistics goes into this, but overall, anyway, we've, we've a huge weekend ahead of us still at Forest. Massive, massive,
0: yeah. Ma- m- massive weekend, guys. Um, yeah. Thanks, Rory. Uh, thanks, James. Uh, for the contributions tonight. I suppose next week we'll sit back and review all the Provincial Action, Joe McDonough Cup and also the minors. And until then uh, guys enjoy the games and we'll talk next week. Take
1: care Mark Thank you. Cheers Mark
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast episode if you liked what you heard in this podcast why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms you can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports